0: Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are, we're inside, it's raining. Um, I've been out in the rain on my bike, so don't call me a wimp. Well, I am a wimp, I didn't do it for very long. I'm made of sugar. Today I want to tell you or share with you a story. Um, Currently I've been producing a couple of little videos for use on your iPhones and that is about self about home ground advantage, about uh, going to work with all engines firing, about preserving the quality of your life. And the video I did today was all about um, ground zero, home ground advantage. There were four aspects of that video, um, four uh, promises that I made in, in the discussion. The first was, helping you learn how to reboot yourself at home in order to recover from a hard day's work because, quite frankly, most of the people that I know in the world who are of the old school, not of the young school, not of the new generation, but of the old school, work many, many, too too many, many hours. Um, The second part was about home self, who are you and can you reconnect to that at home? The third part was about home environment, and the fourth was about home life. I uh, want to just, I think it's really interesting when we come to the topic of work um, uh, life work-life balance that people sort of align with different teachings about how it's best to rebalance themselves, what it's best to do. And we quite often, trust the most ugly of all, which is how we feel. Anybody who's achieved anything in this world knows that feelings are subjective. They're very, very uh, prone to phases of the moon, uh, environments of our partner and friends, um, uh, whether there's been a death in the family. Our feelings can fluctuate all over the place, negative feedback from work, And so we can feel, we can think we're making wise decisions about rebooting and and home environments and all sorts of things when in fact we're in a more reactive state than we know. So let's start with rebooting. And the way I talk about rebooting is it's really simple. Um, Every animal in the world sleeps. Um, You can see horses sleeping, standing up. Um, Sometimes they lie down. You can see birds in trees um, asleep. We had actually an owl in our back garden the other day with its head buried in its own um, breast fur and um, and, in feathers and just sound asleep. Um, And they're so beautiful. But every single animal sleeps. And in the process of sleep, what that animal is doing is trying to recover enough energy and a life force to wake up in the morning, go and find more worms or, or rats or whatever that particular animal is, is going to attack. And so I love to talk about this reboot idea as more preparing for the hunt, you know, like whether you're a whether you're an animal or a human going out and doing your work whether it's painting a painting or doing a podcast as I am right now it's it's exciting to think of it as as sort of like the hunt you're going out to, to you're, you're hunting for uh, your own creativity you're hunting for uh, gathering, you know, you know uh, gaining advantage of some sort, you're hunting for uh, ways to uh, deliver your, your, your services and your qualities and you're hunting for opportunities. And, and I think we li- we become a little bit pussyfooted when it comes to using the word hunt because it's always associated with death and mayhem whereas it can be applied to gaining an advantage. So the first thing in Reboot is to define yourself as an animal, some sort of animal, and associate with that. I used to run a program at a place called Camp Eden, and one of the exercises we did was dancing to a tribal rhythm. And I would get 30, 35 people in a room. They'd stay there a week, but I'd get them in the the, uh, gym hall, Uh, which was about the size of a basketball stadium, if not bigger, and they would all be blindfolded and then the music would start. And the, the music was a very heavy tribal rhythm, a thumping, thumping rhythm. And there was a voice narrator uh, in behind that. And he, he, he was going, breathe, deeply breathe, breathe, deeply breathe. And the thumping would go on and the people would stand there and they'd go around and certain get dizzy. Then I'd say, lie down on the floor and let an animal... And this would go for about 25, 30 minutes. And then I said, let an animal come to you. And every time, everyone got some sort of an animal. And... And it was interesting to debrief when in the debrief process, because in debriefing the animal that came to you, there was there were many tears, even from very very um, macho people who re- were reluctant to display tears in front of the people. It's because the animal can speak to you. So let me take you on a journey now. I um, I was in. Um, uh, California, at San Francisco, I had heard of a person who who understood this language of the animals and the human condition and the human spirit really wisely. And so I wrote a letter, and 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 that was the only way of communicating with this person, and got an invitation. I caught the train from San Francisco cross country. It was a very long train trip. I ended up somewhere down in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And somewhere in that vicinity, the train went through a train station, which was just a platform. There was nothing. There was no shop. There was no no guard on duty. But the train stopped for me and I got off. And there I stood in uh, what felt like 50 degree dry desert heat, and in the area next to the, to the platform was parked a pickup truck. And out of this pickup truck stepped um, a Native American man, uh, First Nation person, uh, long, long, grey, gray black hair, um, heavy, heavy body, heavy walk, um, 10-gallon hat on his head, um you know keeping the sun off and and he he welcomed me and embraced me as his guest and we went back to his farm house and it which was not much more than a, a shack we enjoyed a meal together and then uh it was time for me to go into his process this process took 48 hours and there were all sorts of things went on including using the eagle's feathers and a claw and a skull and, and uh, candles and smoking very large things which I suspect weren't tobacco but anyway we We were there for a long period of time and I ended up in a a dentist, what I would describe as a dentist chair. And I was, uh, I laid back in this dentist chair and my arms were strapped to the chair and my feet were strapped to the chair in this really remote, isolated place. It's very frightening. I was blindfolded and then I was taken on a hypnotic trip. And in that hypnotic trip, the voice of... uh, the teacher, took me on a journey down into my animal self. And I can swear, as I sit here now doing this podcast, I actually embodied the animal. Now, the more I did that, the more I understood my constitution, the more I understood my primal, let's say, driving forces, It was a long session and I ended up staying there the rest of the week, uh, just walking around the farm, uh, dodging rattlesnakes and helping put up a fence or two and and just uh, sharing the space with this beautiful human being. But I was changed. It changed me forever. And what it changed about me is the understanding that I know there's an animal inside all of us. We are evolved from our single cell, up through the concept of a of a multi-cell being and through the concept of an uh, amphibian to reptilian to a human to a reptilian to a mammalian, from a human mammalian to a human to a human to a spiritual. And as we evolve up through those steps, got to, should, need to, want to, Desire to choose to love to, we although we can resonate and tune in by our consciousness to um, to one of those levels of thought. Each of those levels is always available. Our got to self is nothing more than a the binary nature of the on off switch of a single cell organism, which is uh, as you well know a, the concept of computer code. Um, and and it only has two choices fight flight so in a, in, in, in in when when we're operating in a got to space we're operating in our animal nature and when we're in our should uh, level we're operating in our, our amphibian and uh, um, and and the, and the list goes on all the way up so When you hear people misunderstand Buddhist teaching that you get reborn as an animal when you leave this planet, you get reborn as an animal if you've done cruelty, it's not actually what they mean. What they mean is you get reborn at the level of consciousness with which you live this life. So if you're a should person, you get reborn into should. And that's understandable. It's not punishment. It's just you haven't evolved. And there are seven areas of life. And it's the lowest of the seven that we are, we define as your real consciousness. So I developed this concept of an animal nature. And I understand when I meet people who are in their got to, should, need to state of stress, that they're actually not operating as a human being. They're not operating by by the freedom of choice or the use of wisdom or the use of technology or the use of Um, awareness, self-awareness, they're they're operating from an animal instinct point of view. Um, This is sort of where we talk about gut feel and we talk about um, people operating reactively and uh, ultimately it all leads to the one word which is when we're under stress, we're in a got to, should or need to place, that's called stress. When we're under stress, we're operating in our animal nature. And the the most um, scary part of that is fight flight, where we're thinking always of running away from the uh, problem or attacking it with some uh, level of mental or physical or emotional violence. And that goes for all seven areas of life. And so it's quite understandable that we could tune into our animal nature. I think when we're talking about the topic of rebooting when we go home, I think it's really important to recognize our animal nature. We need to exercise, but maybe your body, your animal nature is not looking to exercise with massive volumes of endurance sports. It doesn't take more than three minutes every three days to maintain your cardiovascular health at a level which is supremely high for any leader of any business or any uh, creative sport in the world. It doesn't take four hours of uh, of bike riding. One of the most inefficient ways to generate cardiovascular health is riding a bike. 60 to 70% of the time on the road is spent in cruise mode and we have to spend four or five hours of it to get one hour of really good healthy benefit. On a bike turbo, it's more efficient, but that's not riding a bike, that's going on a turbo. And it's the same with... Uh, running on a treadmill or swimming in a lap pool. The, the advantage is the minimalization of wasted time to gain a connection to our rebooted self. And this is what we need to be thinking about when we talk about life balance. The first quarter of it, of life balance, is the reboot process, which is cleaning out And preparing for the next day physiologically, not just psychologically, but physiologically challenging ourselves, getting to getting doing something that requires ourselves to be a little bit animalistic, in other words, chopping wood, going for a run going for a swim, engaging in something that's quite primal and not getting too caught up on quality control because you're not, unless you're a professional athlete, you don't need to be that good and you don't need to do it to the degree that it gives you an injury, which means you're going to have to spend more money, more energy repairing yourself from doing something that's not really having great effect. So I think the reboot uh, aspect of, of... um, self-balance uh, and life balance is a really important consideration in your, in your work-life balance modelling. And make sure that whatever you're doing outside of work is rebooting you, ready for going back to work, which means getting you fitter, greater stamina, clearer mind, uh, disengaging your body, allowing the emotions, remembering that lymph is where, where toxin is stored, and lymph has no pump and so if you do a day without activity you're you've got toxic lymph in your body and that is where a lot of disease and illness comes from so consider this uh quarter of the the reboot process um of home ground advantage at work consider 25 percent of what you do outside of work needs to be rebooting yourself not meditation, for goodness sake, not sitting around in your ass watching Netflix, not reading the newspaper, not sitting on the toilet looking at Instagram. This is all just a, a baloney and there's room for it. But the reboot aspect is getting out and doing something with your hands, touching, feeling, doing something with your feet, getting wet, getting dirty, getting into it. And um, just be careful that you don't get over-absorbed in the idea of being competitive like an animal competition. That's a good part of it and that can be part of it. But the most important thing is your nature. This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.